What's going on, people? Welcome back to the Sports Gamble Ramble. This is SGR103. We are breaking down week four in the NFL, almost a month into this thing. Pretty crazy. Uh, before we do that, as always, we like to start these episodes by giving you guys an update, keeping you in the loop on how our picks last week went and how our picks on the season as a whole are going. So week three was pretty mediocre, to be honest. Um, went eight, seven, and one against the spread on game picks. Went seven and eight on over-unders. Only got 15 official over-under picks in there because the line moved on the Jags-Chargers game when Justin Herbert was announced to be active, and I didn't get a pick in on time for that, but I was on the Jags plus six and a half there. Um, those numbers will bring us to a season total of 27, 20, and 1 against the spread, which is 57.4%, 29 and 18 on over-under picks, which is 61.7. Sounds kind of mediocre, but anything over 52.4 at minus 110 odds will be in your uh, profit range so i'll take those percentages anything towards 60 on the season is kind of the ballpark i'm shooting for I'd like to get that ats up 57 a little low for my standards but we're doing okay um as far as top picks of the week uh top spread picks went two and one last week over unders went one and two unfortunately just barely missing the over in that vikings lions game uh, that brings us to a season total of six and three in both top spread and over under picks of the week those are my three top picks that i pick in each category each week uh, we're hitting two out of three right now on the season in both categories so i will take that absolutely um, and then as far as upsets last week went one and two on underdog money line picks that seems to be kind of the standard right now still waiting for a three and a week on underdogs it's gonna happen here sooner or later guys um we called our shot on the miami dolphins uh the upset that shocked the world last sunday down in florida plus 175 on the money line for miami um shout out to that florida humidity for coming through for us and then the texans found a way to give uh, a win to the chicago bears um Davis Mills throwing a tipped uh, interception basically with no time left directly in field goal range. So that was unfortunate, but we had a shot there. And then the Steelers plus 185 at Cleveland. Just a bad pick that Cleveland running game versus a Steelers run defense that hasn't been good in two years. Hindsight's 2020, but we go one and two there. We are four and five on underdog upsets so far this week. And when you're considering some of the odds I'm taking at, you know, two to one, you know, plus 220, plus 185 underdogs here. I'll take four out of nine. It's a 44% conversion and haven't crunched all the numbers, but I'm pretty sure that's a positive return on investment, especially considering, you know, I hit a plus 220 last week. Um, 
So we're doing all right with these picks, guys. We are doing okay. I'd like to get a little bit more back on track as far as the gambling picks. We started out really hot in week one going 8-0. and And um, last two weeks have been up and down, mediocre, even subpar, you might call it. Um, in week two, we really hit a, a, a big stumble there going 6-9 and nine on gambling picks. Last week, in week three, we went 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. Does not get more mediocre than that. So that brings us to a total of 19, 14, and 1 coming into week 4. Anyone who's following me on Instagram will know that last night we had two official bets. I gave out the Bengals minus 3.5 to cover versus the Dolphins, and I took a player prop on Jamar Chase over 75.5 receiving yards. He ended up getting 81 for us. So we went 2-0 and to start the week last night ended up uh, obviously picking the Bengals on the spread and I picked the over for my official picks last night so we did miss that one we are one and one on game picks so far this week but two and0 on gambling picks so on the season that's going to bring us to 21 14 and one on gambling picks um, exactly 60 percent on gambling picks so far this season which is Fuck, I'll take 60%, guys. I'll take it every time. Like I said, 52.4 is the uh, profit threshold. We're 8% above the profit threshold, guys. So I will take these numbers. Um, just wanted to put that out there for, you know, some people don't realize that 60% is actually very good if you can hit it consistently in this industry. You know, the name of the game here is consistency. You know, you hear me talking about, you know, two down weeks, you know, pretty much a break even last week, which I consider a down week. But I'm not really losing my cool because we got off to such a hot start week one. We had a, a great cushion here and we're still hitting 60 percent on our official gambling picks. I also want to mention on college football, I'm five and two this year. So, ah, fuck, I don't remember exactly the numbers that I added up here. But um, if you put it all together, I think 61.5, maybe 62 percent if you include my college football picks this year. So. We're doing just fine here, guys. Um, I think that's all the, the recapping, really, that I needed to do here. Um, I'm going to come back at you uh, with some general trends here as we start to break down um, you know, all the angles for uh, week four. So this first little angle that I want to share with you guys, it's a pretty incredible one. I've been playing on this for years, and... Um, it's kind of hard to believe when you first hear it, but there have been uh, 49 games played so far um, in the NFL season, if you include uh, last night's um, Bengals-Dolphins game, and only six of those games has the spread actually made a difference. So let me explain that a little bit more. In 43 out of 49 games this year, that is 88% of the games this year, if the favorite wins the game, they also cover the spread. And if the underdog covers the spread, they also win the game. I will reference this over and over again throughout my handicapping in three simple words. Four simple words. Look at me trying to be cool. Guys, the spread is dead. The spread is dead. It does not matter. When you're picking these games, when you're putting your bets together, just pick winners. I'm telling you, 88% of the games, 
And this is not just an outlier from this season. This is a trend I've been following for years, okay? And it is historically accurate. If you go back over the last 20 years or so, it is strange how often the spread is completely irrelevant in these games. Just pick who you think is going to win, guys. Um, if you can somehow make that mental adjustment... Um, it's a game changer here. So, you know, if you like a, an underdog with the points, 88% of the time says just take the fucking money line, guys. And if you like a favorite to win a game, but you're afraid of laying that that spread, like some people were with the with the Bengals minus three and a half last night, and I'm not even sitting here bragging because I get it. Like Tua got injured. It's unfortunate. Uh, you know, I don't want to make these episodes too long. I didn't really want to spend time talking about the medical situation. You guys can get your info elsewhere from that. It's unfortunate. But just what I'm saying <clears throat> for the purpose of, of this conversation is, um, you know, uh, I like the Bengals quite a bit last night to win that game. I wasn't afraid of the three and a half at all because 80, 88% of the time it does not matter. Also, underdogs are doing very well so far this season. Um, dogs in general, 27, 18, and 2 against the spread. And road underdogs this year, 14, 9, and 1 straight up. That's not against the spread. <clears throat> road dogs are winning games, 14, 9, and 1. Um, I think there's 12 road dogs this week, so we'll we'll see how these stats look a after uh, Sunday or, or Monday, I guess. But it's something to be aware of, um, just kind of like I just mentioned. You know, if you like a dog, just take them on the money line. Why not? Um, <clears throat> also, you know, just general trend to be aware of as we, you know, get deeper into the season. Teams on back-to-back -back road trips. So far this year, um, in that second game of the road trip, four and two straight up and against the spread. Uh, there are five teams in a back-to-back -back, um, road trip this week. Uh, the Rams, Chiefs, Bills, uh, Saints, and Jaguars. So we will continue to monitor that situation uh, going through the season. I've also got some week four specific trends for you guys this week that I dug up on the bowels of the internet. Um, since 2005, these are all since 2005, okay? Um, favorites entering week four, having one, one or two in a row are just 36 and 54 against the spread. It's 40% against the spread since 2005. These are teams that have won either last week or the last two weeks in week four of the season. The thought is that maybe they got off, they've lost already, so they're not invincible, but they have won recently enough for people to be super optimistic and think that they're like turning a page at this point. And it's still too early to really be able to say, oh, this team's turning it around. It, it, there's still so much football to be played here, guys. Um, we're only in week four. We only have three points of data on the season so far. So um, the teams here uh, that we will be trying to play on in reference to this, so teams facing opponents who are coming into this with a win streak of one or two games, it's going to be the Cardinals, Titans, Patriots, Washington, Atlanta, and New Orleans. Um, I switched from team name to city uh, because of I still can't call 
the commanders, the commanders. Um, but yeah, also um, in this situation, okay, win streak of one or two games coming into week four, road favorites on this trend are 12 and 26 against the spread. So that's 32.5%. So that's a pretty strong angle here. And the only road favorite that fits this trend here of a win streak of one or two games coming into week four, Browns minus one and a half at Atlanta. And I like the Falcons just on my gut outside of this trend. So I'll probably be using that one to my advantage. We'll talk about that during our breakdown of that game. Next, since 2005, week four money line dogs between the range of plus 120 and plus 155 are at a positive winning record and have returned a 24% return on investment just playing the money line, right? I don't have the exact win-loss record, but it's, it's profitable, 24% return on investment. Teams this week, New Orleans, uh, Tennessee, Chicago, Baltimore, the Jets, uh, the Commanders, and uh, the Broncos. I keep doing this city mascot switch thing. Um, home teams under this trend between plus 120 and plus 155, 13 and seven straight up since 2005. That's a 51% return on investment rate. Ravens money line plus 136, only team that fits this trend this week as a home dog in that range in week four. <clears throat> Something to be aware of. Also, since 2005, good year. Uh, week four dogs of one and a half to two and a half points have gone 23 and seven against the spread. That's 77%. They beat the closing number by an average of 5.6 points per game. Teams that fit this trend, Atlanta, Arizona, Denver, and the LA Rams. Also since 2005, uh, these one, to, one and a half to two and a half point dogs in the first four weeks of the season as a whole, 77, 47, and one, that's 62%. So this is uh, information that would have been useful three weeks ago. Um, glad I found it today. But hey, it still helps us this week. And fuck, man, let's hope I still have this podcast next year and we can come back to it. Again, Atlanta, Arizona, Denver, and the Rams. Um, one and a half to two and a half point dogs this week that fit those historic models. Last trend, this one's just kind of fun, but there's no teams that fit the model this week. Winless road teams in week four since 2005 are 27, 13, and one against the spread. It's 68%, so hopefully we can play on that next year. Um, yeah, that's about it for general trends. Let's get into the week four matchups. So the first game I want to talk about here is that AFC matchup, that possible conference championship preview between the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens. I mentioned the stat just a few minutes ago here. Uh, since 05, week four dogs, plus 120 to plus 155 on the money line, 24% return on investment, and home dogs, 51% return on investment, 65% straight up winners. Fits the Ravens here. The money line's plus 136. The, the Ravens here are a three-point home dog to Buffalo, and the over-under for those who care is 51 here. And yeah, you know, I was crazy enough to bet against the Bills last week. And I think I'm crazy enough to do it again. I, I, it's going to be weird, um, but a week from now when the Bills are 2-2 two and, two and everybody 
everybody within a fucking hundred mile radius of me wants to kill themselves because I live in Western New York. I'm not going to be shocked. The Bills are great. They'll be fine. They'll figure it out. But losses happen in the NFL. This Ravens team is legit. The defense concerns me. I will not lie. This is an offensive first team at this point, led by Lamar Jackson. But, um, man, I can't wait to see Lamar and Josh Allen square off. I hope this game is a shootout. I hope we get fireworks. I don't want this to be a defensive battle. With an over-under of 51, let's hope it lives up to the expectations here. But, yeah, I'm leaning with Baltimore plus three as the home dog here. Um, Buffalo is 0-5 straight up in their last five at Baltimore. We'll see if that plays into it, um, but it looks like not much recent success here. Um, I am also seeing, um, I mentioned the Bills with that letdown in Miami last week. Uh, historically, again, back to 5 uh, teams coming off a game at Miami are 57-79-4 against the spread. That's 41 It's not an overwhelming statistic. Obviously, you cannot base an entire handicap on a on a 59-41 split. I get it, but it's just another piece of data to consider that you know historically teams coming off a game in that Miami weather have not really thrived the following week, and I think. You know, we saw Miami really struggle um, last night against the Bengals. I I think it's worth noting here. Um, There are, you know, some trends in favor of the Bills side that you could make. You know, I've I've told you guys where my gut is going here. Um, But you could make the argument that Josh Allen is 5-1-1 against the spread off his last seven straight-up losses. Um, You could also tell me that the ref in this game, Jerome Boger, absolutely fucking hates home dogs. Um, The home underdog uh, went 0-4 against the spread last year in in games refed uh, by Jerome Boger. Um, and this year so far, the home team is 0-2 straight up and against the spread with Boger. Home dogs 0-1 against the spread. So that's, you know, that's not great. I, I would like to get a home dog here uh, if Boger could drop, cut the shit you know, for, for a single Sunday. Um, also Jerome Boger, uh, the over was 10 and six last year, but only averaged 45.1 points per game. So his games must've had really low lines. And so far the over is 0 two. So that's not great. We need points in this one. Boger, uh, averaging only 40 points per game on the year so far for Boger. Um, you guys know, I'm going to give you this ref data. It's some of my favorite shit to talk about here. Um, but I, I'm going to ignore some of those trends and I'm going to go with the Ravens here. I'm seeing a cash split of um, 46% of the spread bets, but 59% of the cash on the Ravens plus three. Uh, it opened three and a half and has been bet down. The Sharps come in and knocking it down a half point this week. I'll agree with that early line move here. Um, there's a split on the money line as well. The Ravens as a home dog only getting 29% of the cash, but 40% of the bets. Um, so yeah, we'll see how this one plays out. I think that that split being, um, you know, more cash on the money line, just an indicator that, you know, people are, are more willing to take the, the sure thing there or what is perceived to be a sure thing with the favorite 
Um, not having the balls to play the three or three and a half there, I, I'm not concerned about that split. I'm more interested in the spread numbers here, and, and it's leaning in the direction of Baltimore. So I hope this is a good game. I, you know, it's got game of the week potential. I think anytime the Bills play a, a good team or a good offense, that's the kind of hype that we can expect. And um, again, you know, for any Bills fans listening to this, I'm not calling for your demise. I think you'll be fine. I think you're still an elite team. And if if the Bills were to lose this game and then go and win 10 in a row, I will not be surprised by that whatsoever. But I, I think this is a kind of a tough spot. A little bit of a tough stretch here with the Bills uh, between that Dolphins game and, the, and this Ravens team. Um, and I think Lamar, Lamar's got a chip on his shoulder right now. He's playing extremely well, in my opinion, probably the MVP front runner at this point, um, along with Jalen Hurts, surprisingly. But I, I think the Ravens have, have played tougher opponents so far, I, I will be honest. So I'm going with the Ravens here at home. Uh, some of these historic trends, I, I'm not even really afraid to throw the money line on a ticket this weekend. I think there's a shot that Buffalo drops two in a row. Next game is the Sunday nighter between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Big matchup, um, rematch of the Super Bowl from a few years ago, Brady versus Mahomes, the Madden 22 cover game, whatever you want to fucking call it here. The Bucks are favored minus one at home down in Tampa after a hurricane just rolled through two days ago. Pretty wild that they're playing a game here. I'm surprised. There was a lot of talk this week. Will they have to relocate? The alternate venue was decided to be the Viking Stadium for some reason. Um, but uh, that's they're not doing that. They're, they're staying in Florida, and they're playing a football game in Tampa. So we'll see how this goes. I'm curious what the field conditions look like. My initial gut was, man, it could be a sloppy track. We might want to pound this under. But the line has not moved at all since the game being announced. Uh, to be played in Tampa. Still at 45 and a half for that over under here. So we'll see. You know, I haven't made a play on that yet. But uh, um, this this game is interesting. This spread has moved this week quite a bit. And it's caught my attention. Uh, the Bucks opened as a plus two and a half underdog at home here. And um, they are now minus one as a favorite, that line jumping three and a half points this week. And I'm seeing about an 80-20 split as far as a vast majority of the public action being placed on the Chiefs here. Anytime, you see, this, is a, this is a home dog getting 20% that just jumped three and a half points on the spread, screaming bells and whistles at me. I think I have to take the bucks here. Um, Brady 5-0 against the spread in his last five games as a dog. This spread opened with the Bucks as a dog. He's also 10-1 against the spread as a home dog throughout his career. He's 16-1 against the spread as a dog off a loss in his career, 16-1. And, and again, with this early line movement, somebody knows something. I think this Buccaneers defense is very, 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 very good. And we saw the Chiefs struggle last week against a Colts defense that was projected to be strong going into the season, but we haven't really seen it yet um, show up, really. Um, but my point is, Kansas City maybe a little bit of offensive struggle right now. Um, they beat the shit out of the Cardinals, but I've talked on and on about how bad that defense is. And then the last two weeks, I mean, 27 against the Chargers, okay, but they needed a defensive touchdown to get to that 27. 
So that's really only 20 offensive points. And then what did they score last week? 17? 14? I can't remember. They didn't break 20 last week against the Colts. So what if this offense isn't 100% right now? What if they are missing Tyreek Hill a little bit? And what if this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense just is, is able to pressure Mahomes and use the strength of that that uh, front four to get pressure like they always do. They're very good at shutting down the run, making you one-dimensional. I mean, we saw what they did to Mahomes in the Super Bowl just two years ago, and the defensive coordinator Todd Bowles still there calling that defense as the head coach. Now I think I'm going to have to take the Bucks here in this spot. Um, a lot of uh, gut situational stuff here as well as far as thinking about um, the home team in Tampa a few days after a hurricane Will it be a distraction or will it be an emotional boost? Will they be charged to, you know, get up and get a win for the community down there? You know, those are angles that do come into play quite a bit in professional sports. So um, going to be interesting to see what the environment is like down there. You know, don't want to sound like a psychopath here. I do hope everyone is safe and all right down in the Tampa area. But we're talking about football here. So really, I, I want to see what the field looks like this Sunday. I'm very interested, but my pick here, uh, for the sake of this podcast, I'm going with the Buccaneers. So when the schedules came out for this season, I don't think this next matchup was really one that grabbed a lot of people's attention, but here we are in week four, kind of an intriguing matchup. We have the Jaguars at the Eagles this Sunday, and with the start that these two teams have gotten off to, we're talking about a combined record of five and one, kind of almost a sneaky relevant game here and kind of um, a bit of a, a test game. We get to kind of see what these two teams are made of as far as is Philly going to just keep steamrolling everybody? Is this Jags team legit? They've won two games here in the last two weeks and they've looked good um, over the Chargers and the Colts who are both teams that have been projected to be good teams coming into this season. So maybe we get some answers this Sunday. Maybe we just get more confused. Um, but it's also an interesting angle to me because it is Doug Peterson returning to Philadelphia. And that in itself, I don't really think I have to explain the magnitude of that for a guy that just won the, the only Super Bowl in this team's franchise just five years ago and now he's he's coaching on the opposite sideline in the same state there's a guys there's a statue of Doug Peterson outside the Eagles stadium there's a statue of the guy and now he's he's coaching the the other team it's fucking weird still feels like I'm living in a simulation but I don't want to go too far down that hole uh that rabbit hole right now so let's let's talk about this football game my gut to be honest I'm going to take the Jags plus six and a half as my pick here, six and a halfs are always fishy to me. Six and a halfs and two and a halfs, my spidey sense starts going off and I say, what are they trying to trap me into here? Why are why is Philly only laying a touchdown here? I know the Jags have looked good, but Philly, I mean, it, if you ask um, just a random bum on any street corner right now who's going to win the Super Bowl, it, mu <clears throat> it might be the Eagles, you know, because they're the only undefeated team now after Miami lost and they've looked dominant. They really haven't played 
that much competition, but I don't want to get into that as an Eagles fan here. Um, I do think they're legit, but this six and a half big number, I'm worried about covering it here with a Jags team that on it, they're a competent football team. Now this is not urban Myers Jaguars. Okay. Trevor Lawrence played pretty well last week and they have a pretty good running game as well. I think the Eagles defense is very good. So I don't really know how in my head this happens. Like on paper, everything is screaming the Eagles should crush this team. But I think that the Jags will be feisty. I think that their locker room understands that this game is important to their head coach and they'll play with pride and, you know, try to get this one for their guy, Doug. Um, I would assume that locker room is uh, greatly appreciative of Peterson coming in there and just making them look like an actual football team again. And I think they're going to want to, um, you know, have their, have their guys back here and, and put up a performance for them and, and a good effort. Um, <clears throat> I've also got some crazy fucking conspiracy theories and um, some real paranoid shit here for you guys that like my uh, crackpot refereeing theories. Um, Sean Hockley, guys. Sean fucking Hockley they gave me this weekend for the Eagles game. This guy is an absolute menace when it comes to officiating football games, okay? His dad, Ed Hockley, was the... I don't remember the title, like the chief official of the league for the for like 20 years. And then now Hockley's the guy. He's been fixing games basically since he was 14 years old. Anyways, <clears throat> road teams in the last 19 games officiated by Sean Hockley, 13 and 6 against the spread and straight up going back to the start of the 2021 season. The under 14 and 5 since the start of last season, averaging 41.9 points per game. That includes a 3-0 run this season, averaging just 31.3 points per game in games refed by Hockey League. That includes last Sunday's 11-10 shootout between the Broncos and the 49ers. Um, that game, uh, the 49ers did not cover a win as a road favorite, but it was the first time in like eight or nine games that that didn't happen for Hockey He's going to do something to keep the Jags in this one. I really hope Philly wins. I would like to continue to stockpile wins here. The six and a half makes me nervous. I'm picking the Jags to put up a fight in this one. But hey, guys, I mean, the birds look good. The birds look good. Look out. You know, I don't want to, you know, I like to stay humble this early in the season. Anything can happen and shit, man. In 2017, I almost watched my hopes and dreams absolutely crumble while um, two ligaments in Carson Wentz's uh, knee had, um, you know, just a, a really rough Sunday out in Los Angeles. And um, I'm just saying, you know, I'm getting excited as an Eagles fan. We're looking good here, but... Uh, Jags plus six and a half. I got to do it with the pick. Uh, Hockey Lee will keep this game low scoring. And the under actually has dropped three points this week. Opened at 48 and a half down to 45 and a half. And the line's not moving, despite the fact that the Eagles are getting steamed by the public pretty hard here. So don't like picking against my birds, but got to do it. Jags six and a half is the pick. Next game, let's talk about the one over across the pond, as they say. We got a London game this week, so we get to wake up and watch 9.30 a.m. football on the East Coast. Minnesota and New Orleans. The Vikings are favored by three in what is technically a home game for the Saints this year. Uh, neutral site, obviously. Over-under is 41.5 here. Um, London games, uh, historically, favorites are 21-8. 
eight and one straight up, 18 and 12 against the spread. That said, I'm going to pick the Saints plus three here. I have futures on both these teams. These are both teams that I projected to make the playoffs coming into the season in the NFC. New Orleans struggling a little bit, specifically on offense, which I don't love, and I don't trust Jameis anymore. Just don't. Don't know why I did in the first place. Um, that said, I believe Andy Dalton is playing in this game. Um, can't remember if it was confirmed yet or if it's just a doubtful, probable situation here. But um, I don't know. I think the Saints defense wins this one for me. You know, the Vikings offense looked incredible week one against the Packers, but since then, not great. Um, they put up 28 points last week against Detroit, but it didn't like the eyeball test. It wasn't there really. Justin Jefferson struggling the last two weeks. Um, I think he's going to have to deal with Marshawn Lattimore this weekend. This Saints defense is legit. So I don't know how they do it. Maybe Andy Dalton just comes in and manages the game and actually plays better than Jameis because some of those fucking throws that Jameis was making just outrageous. Um, I can't really, I don't think I, I want to put my money on this Saints team considering how they've looked and the fact that I, I, I don't really know how they win this game aside from getting Alvin Kamara going, hopefully, and getting the defense, you know, generating some turnovers here. But um, I'm going to go with them. Uh, they fit a couple of our historic trends uh, since 05. Um, favorites entering week four on a win streak. Uh, 40% against the spread and road favorites fitting this trend 12 and 26 against the spread 32.5%. I'm going to consider the Vikings a road favorite here. Um, it's weird because it's a neutral site, but they're not at home. Um, so I'm not really applying home trends to the Saints, but I think you can apply road trends to the Vikings because there isn't a home field advantage there. We'll see. Again, don't love it, but I think it's applicable here. Not my favorite game to bet this week, but going with the Saints, again, they fit between that plus 120 and 155 dog window that historically since 05 has provided a positive return on investment, 24% over the last 17 years. And the Saints are getting a solid cash split here. We're talking 26% of the bets 47% of the dollars on the Saints spread here. So I like that. If the Sharps like it, I like it. Um, I'll roll with bad Andy here. Uh, hopefully we don't get the bad version. But I think the Saints pull it off over in London. I think this has potential to be a pretty good game. Um, but at the same time, it's Kirk Cousins versus Andy Dalton. So it could be a total shit show. We'll see. Next game, let's talk about a divisional matchup between the Titans and the Colts, two teams that were projected to be at the top of their division, although currently Jacksonville standing at the top of the AFC South. The Colts are at home this weekend coming off that upset over the Chiefs, the other big one last weekend that shocked the world along with that Dolphins game. Uh, Colts, minus three and a half, over under 42 and a half. 
And honestly, this one is pretty tough for me to pick. I uh, don't want to stand here on the fence the whole time. I'm going to go with the Colts minus three and a half. Mostly gut here, okay? Um, I actually, a number of the trends that I compiled support the Titans in this case. Okay, Mike Vrabel, 17 and 8, straight up 18 and 7 against the spread as a dog of three or more. Uh, Vrabel is a dog. I do love him, but um, I think this Colts defense is finally healthy. Uh, Shaq Leonard, you know, being back, um, getting used to saying Shaq instead of Darius, still a little weird. He makes a difference, okay? He's the best player on this Colts team, okay? Him and Quentin Nelson and Jonathan Taylor. All right, let's put those three up there. Uh, Stephon Gilmore and Kenny Moore in the secondary. Uh, Okariki and fucking DeForest Buckner on that D-line. Like, they have guys... Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, they have guys on that defense, and man, the the thing with the Colts is their offense looks so fucking pathetic, and their O-line, okay, they have a good center uh, with Ryan Kelly, they have a great left guard with Quentin Nelson, they have nobody else there, and sorry if I don't remember all your names, but I do know the fucker at left tackle, Matt Pryor, I think he got benched and there's another guy in there for him, but the, my point, is, Matt Pryor's not a good football player, he's a backup guard, he's not a starting left tackle, and they can't protect Matt Ryan. He's a fucking statue back there. So it's really gross to watch that football team. I would like them to get that shit fixed somehow. Figure out how to protect the guy. Um, also, outside of Michael Pittman, really no weapons to throw to. Jelani Woods, my fucking guy, the rookie tight end out of UVA. Uh, two touchdowns last week on his first two NFL catches. Um, I was enamored by this guy coming out of the scouting combine. He was my favorite tight end prospect this year ahead of uh, Trey McBride, the first tight end drafted by the Cardinals. Um, Jelani Woods, we'll see if they can get him more involved because the guy's like 6'7", 260, and he can run, and he can block, and he can catch. Um, I'm going to go with the home team here, lay in the hook. Uh, There is a cash split of 35% of bets with 50% of the money on the Colts here. Um, little worried that uh, that Chiefs game last week might have shifted some uh, perception on this team to think that they are turning the corner where, where maybe they aren't. Um, it fits some of those historic trends that I mentioned here for the Titans. Uh, the Colts are a week four favorite off of a win, um, 40% against the spread since 2005. But it's a 40-60 split. Like It's not a sure thing here. And it also fits that money line trend, okay? Plus 120 to 155 money line range, uh, profitable, plus uh, 24% return on investment. I get it, but they're not all going to hit with these trends. I'll use, I'll use them to support the arguments I like, and I will ignore them for the arguments that I don't like. That's just how this works, guys. This is sports gambling. Um, the stats only work for what I want them to work for. But, uh, yeah, mostly gut. I think the defense is able to handle Tennessee. Tennessee... Um, the offense got moving last week, but that was against the Raiders defense that I think is not, not just bad, but like really bad. The Raiders have some problems, some big time problems. Um, and they got shredded by Derrick Henry, which happens. I don't think that, that Derrick Henry shreds this Colts defense this week. So I'm going with Indy, uh, laying the points at home. This next game is kind of weird. Um, the Cardinals head to Carolina to take on the Panthers as a one-and-a-half-point home favorite. Um, 
Over-under is 43 and a half. That is a lower total than I would have thought for this game, to be honest. Um, I would think that most Cardinals games would have a pretty high over-under, but I, I know that the Panthers are an under team. So we'll see which direction I go for that one. I'm going to lean with the Cardinals plus one and a half in this spot. Like it, don't love it. Uh, but since 2005, here we go with another um, favorite on a win streak, uh, 40%. So that's Carolina here sitting at home off of a home win. Home teams off a home win, um, they, they freak me out sometimes because you just, you just got to win. As a home dog, too, home teams off a win as a home dog, I'll look into those numbers I'm actually going to write that down for myself right now, guys. But um, I, I think that that's an angle to look at because these teams can be sitting at home smelling their shit, feeling invincible after, you know, smacking the Saints in the mouth last week and um, getting a little t too comfortable, a little too cute over there. Um, I, I like the Cardinals here. They're getting 21% of the bets, but 34% of the dollars on the spread. Um week uh excuse me week four dogs of uh one and a half to two and a half points they fit that trend 23 and 7 against the spread since 2005 and uh that that margin as well one and a half to two and a half point dogs 62 percent against the spread since 2005 in the first month of the season i like that to support my cardinals argument um also arizona went eight and one against the spread on the road last year and this is a big one for me it, you know i don't like either of these coaches they actually um i think they're both bad coaches but matt rule specifically is just a piece of shit one and twenty-five straight up when allowing seventeen points or more in the NFL. If this guy gives up seventeen points, his team loses. Um, just fire him now, guy. Just fire the guy. Uh, based on that stat, I will pick the Cardinals here. I think they can get over seventeen points. And if that happens, Matt Rule is going to shit his pants on the sideline. There, this guy will probably be. This guy will be fired. Um, it's just a matter of if he makes it through the whole season, but I don't care how the season goes for Carolina. They'd literally have to make the playoffs for this guy to save his job. Um, and they're not going to, they're not a good football team. So I'm going with the Cardinals here. Uh, yeah, feels good. Next game, let's head out to Vegas. We've got the Broncos and the Raiders Raiders minus two and a half at home. Over under 45 and a half. And this is a weird game. This is a gross game. Um, man, I'm going to pick the Broncos somehow. Um, they're plus two and a half. I don't see myself betting this game at all. Um, but I, I just, I think it's a matchup of two just, you know, possible dipshit head coaches I, I the jury's out on uh Hackett he fucking stinks but um I, I don't know if people realize Josh McDaniels might just suck at coaching football too he's clearly a pretty effective offensive coordinator at least up in that New England system but this guy is 5 and 20 straight up in his last 25 games as a head coach going back to his stint in Denver 
I just don't know if this guy's a head coach in the NFL. I don't know if his locker room likes him. This Raiders team clearly had some mojo at the end of last season with Rich Bisaccia at the helm. And I don't know if the new coaching staff is taking in that locker room. Um, the Raiders are 1-11 against the spread in their last 12 as a favorite. Um, we've also got a bunch of our historic Week 4 dog trends fitting here. The Broncos' money line uh, between that plus 120 to plus 155 range for a profitable return on investment. Uh, Broncos, dog of two and a half here. Dogs of one and a half to two and a half. 23 and seven against the spread. 77% over the last 17 years uh, in week four. So I'm going with the Broncos. Their defense, I think, is legit. And while the offense is gross. God, I am just praying one of these weeks they get it figured the fuck out. Russ does not look good. Like, eyeball test, the guy, the whole thing is fucked out in Denver. But their defense is very legit. And in a, in a really a gross game, I mean, Denver's 2-1, and one, the Raiders 0-3. Oh um, I'll take the best unit, and that's going to be the Denver defense. So... Doesn't feel great, but um, that's where I'm going. The referee is Land Clark. Uh, the under for Land Clark went 10 and six last year. Went 2-0 and one this year so far. So that's 12-6 and one for Land Clark. Going back to the beginning of 2021, home teams were great for him last year. 11-5 and one against the spread. Excuse me, 11-5 and one straight up. 9-6 and one against the spread. Um, or not. Sorry, guys, 11-5 and five straight up, 9-6-1 and one against the spread. But to get to my point, they are 0-2-1 straight up, 1-2 against the spread this year. So um, maybe the uh, home teams for Land Clark go to 0-3-1, and, and maybe the Raiders go to 0-4 here. But I am begrudgingly uh, picking the Denver Broncos to win another football game. By the way, Nathaniel Hackett, go fuck yourself, dude. All right, my goal at this point of the episode is to start cranking these games out because there's a lot of gross ones this weekend, and I saved them for the end of this episode. The Packers are minus 9.5 here at home against the Patriots. Open 10.5. I don't know really why this line has gone down this week. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't agree with it. I'll gladly lay 10 points here with the Packers at home. Uh, the over and under is 39 and a half. It was announced before recording today. Mac Jones is out. He's not playing. Brian Hoyer starting. I'm not going to bet on Brian Hoyer to cover any number against the Packers, especially in Green Bay. Just won't do it. It's really, there's not much else to talk about here. Um, the ref, uh, it is concerning home teams 0-2 straight up and against the spread this year. Um, but, you know, fuck it what you know we'll see what happens um it's also a situation you know whole, uh week four favorite off a win streak uh 40 against the spread but again 60 40 split i don't care i'm this is just all mostly gut packers will be able to handle a backup qb um the Packers, the Patriots just don't do anything really that excites me their defense has been good against bad teams so far but I mean, they got shredded by the Ravens last week, and the offense is, they're going to be bad. 
um, with Brian Hoyer here. So not much to talk about. Green Bay on the spread here, 58% of the bets, 72% of the dollars. I think there's some uh, nervousness in the market about being willing to lay double digits with the Packers. I'll do it. I'll do it easily, especially against Brian Hoyer. So uh, easy one for me, Packers minus the points. This next one is actually kind of intriguing to me, although I don't think many people will give a fuck about this game. But the Browns head down to Atlanta, and the Falcons are a one-and-a-half-point home dog. I bet on the Falcons as one of my favorite picks last week to beat the Seahawks, and I kind of want to take them again this week. There's something about this line that's intriguing to me. Um, I think that the general consensus from the public on this game will be that the Browns just beat the shit out of the Steelers and are coming off of you know, extra rest and should be able to dominate um, what's looked at as a pretty inferior Falcons team. But the Falcons have shown some fight. They're 3-0. and They've covered, excuse me, they're 3-0 and against the spread. They've covered every game so far. Um, the Browns here fit some of our historic fade trends as far as week four favorite coming off a win. Uh, we'll fade that. Um, road favorites. In that situation, 12 and 26 against the spread since 05, that's 32.5%. So I've mentioned that, I've mentioned that, uh, that, you know, win streak favorite trend is 40%. But when you break it down as a road favorite, it jumps to 32 and a half. And that's enough to really, you know, let me wet my beak on this one. I'm talking myself into the Falcons quite a bit as a home dog here, plus one and a half. They fit our week four dog trends, one and a half to two and a half point home dog, 27 and 3% against the spread. Um, and in week four, uh, in week four, excuse me, and over the first half of the se- first month of the season, 62%. Got a lot of numbers here, guys. Sorry if it's unclear, but, um, yeah, a lot of trends point in the direction of Atlanta. Atlanta also only getting 33% of the bets, but almost 50% of the dollars. Are you kidding me? I love those fucking cash splits. Um, I am, I'm, I'm all about it. I think that the Falcons, you know, maybe they don't win many games. They kind of remind me of the Lions from last year where maybe they don't win many games, but maybe they cover a fuck ton. And, um, you know, this Browns team, Jacoby Brissett on the road, we'll see what it looks like, you know, we'll see. But I'm not really afraid to take the Falcons to win another game here, so I think I'm going to do it. Next game, another really gross one, and unfortunately living in uh, western New York, I might be forced to put this game on a screen here. We got the Bears and the Giants, Giants minus three at home, 39 and a half is the total, and holy fuck, this is ugly. Yeah, both these teams are two and one somehow, some way, don't even get me started on it. But to be honest, if after this week, both of them go over throughout the season, I won't be surprised. There could not be two worse teams with a winning record in the NFL right now. I, I, you know, we've talked about the Jags being two and one right now. I think the Jags would absolutely piss pound both of these football teams. So um, one of them has to win, I guess, although realistically a tie would be awesome considering I have unders on both these teams' win totals. 
I'm picking the Giants here. They are the less shitty team, in my opinion. Uh, the Bears' offense is just pathetic. They've been able to run the ball pretty well, but I think that feeds into you know the, maybe the strength of this Giants' defense would be that that uh, run stopping ability in the in the front seven. So um, I'm going to take the Giants at home here. Um, not much, uh, tangible shit to go into it besides gut and eyeball test. I just, I think the bears are so fucking bad guys. And I'll repeat it week in and week out. Even if they continue to we- win games, I will continue to talk about how bad they are. Um, it is concerning that the ref here, Carl Sheffers had road dogs going 10 and four against the spread last year. Let's cut that shit out this weekend there, Carl, uh, road teams, 10 and six against the spread and two and one against, uh, excuse me me last year 10 and 6 against the spread 2 and 1 against the spread this year so that's uh 12 and 7 against the spread let's also cut that shit out here carl um but i like the giants they're getting 55 percent of the bets but upwards of 78 percent of the cash that's a big enough uh ratio for me to take a very very gross home favorite here against a grosser road dog Next game, Cowboys are at home against the Commanders. Dallas is favored by three. Over-under is 51.5. I'm going to go with Dallas here, minus three. To be honest, I'm surprised that the spread is only at three. I know that Cooper Rush is in, so maybe there's some doubt about you know betting on a relatively unknown quarterback, but he's managed the game pretty well so far, and this Dallas defense looks to be legit. I just can't bet on Carson Wentz to make smart decisions and protect the football against a Dallas defense that loves to pressure the quarterback and loves to generate turnovers. So that's just kind of where my gut is going with me. I think this game goes under the total of 41 and a half. If I had to give you a play, that's probably where I lean with this one. Um, Sean Smith is the ref. He's got the under 3-0 this year, averaging 42.7. And he's got home teams 3-0 straight up and against the spread this year. So be on the lookout for Sean Smith with those home teams. Again, Wentz just holds the ball too long. Love the guy, but, you know, you can't take that many sacks. You can't be that reckless with the football. You can't be setting yourself up in third and longs because... You can't get the football out of your hands and you're sitting back there just letting the pocket collapse on you. So a couple of those trends about, you know, week four money line dogs for me here on Washington, um, that plus 120 to plus 155 money line range that we're looking for. But outside of that, you know, I really don't care. Mostly got, I'll, I'll take Dallas and that defense against um the ghost of Carson Wentz unfortunately this next game kind of a weird one for me to pick the Chargers at the Texans spread is five and a half with Houston as a home dog over unders 44 and a half and so I'm just not right with this Chargers team they're just not healthy a litany of injuries here Um, Keenan Allen is out, uh, left tackle Rashawn Slater going down last week. Herbert, we don't know if he's fully healthy with that whole rib situation. Um, the defense is banged up. JC Jackson, I think still not activated. Joey Bosa injured. Um, big list of injuries here. I can't lay five and a half on the road. The Texans sneakily have been playing pretty good defense so far this season. 
um, given up what 20, 20, and 16 on the year. Pretty good. The Chargers, without all their weapons, without a healthy O line, without a healthy quarterback, without a healthy defense. I'm going to take the Texans here, plus five and a half. Keep this low scoring. Keep this one tight. Um, we got Houston getting 32% of the bets, 42% of the money. Not a massive, massive split, but enough to kind of uh, peep my eyebrows a little bit at it. Justin Herbert, just 6-10 and 10 against the spread as a favorite of three or more throughout his career. So it'll be interesting. We will see. We will see. Um, Alex Kemp was good to the road teams last year as the referee for this game. Road teams going 11-5 and five straight up and against the spread last year. But 0-3 against the spread, 1-2 straight up this year. Alex Kemp may be pulling the old switcheroo here, starting to favor those home teams. Texans home dog, 5.5. Again, too many points in a game that I think is low scoring. Texans defense, I think, can, uh, can keep this one interesting. So we'll go with... Houston at home to cover the number. Two more games here, guys. We have the Seattle Seahawks heading up to Detroit to take on the Lions. Minus three and a half, Detroit is currently. This line just two days ago, Detroit was minus five. So we're seeing some movement here. Believe some sharps coming in uh, on Seattle this week, which is interesting. Over under is 47 and a half, although I believe it opened at a different number as well. If I can pull up my other spreadsheet here, the total has dropped two and a half points this week from a number of 50 to 47 and a half. So. Um, I think a lot of that is because of the injuries from the Lions offense. Amon Ross, St. Brown, and DeAndre Swift both out. Uh, indicated by, again, a one and a half point spread shift and a two and a half point total shift. Um, I'm going to take the Seahawks plus the three and a half here. I think the line moves are a pretty solid indicator. This is the Detroit Lions as a favorite for the second time in, I believe, just 27 football games. Uh, they beat Washington two weeks ago as a favorite, but I'm not ready to lay too many points. I did want to earlier in the week, but again, Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift both injured here. Um, I think that Jamal Williams will be fine in replacement at the running back position, but I'm a little worried about the pass-catching weapons for Detroit now. We'll see if some of their ancillary guys step up, but Amon Ra really the true number one pass-catching weapon for this team, and I think it's a relatively substantial loss. Dan Campbell, um, as head coach of the Lions, the guy covers games like crazy, but he does not win football games. He is... 14 and 6 against the spread, but 4, 15, and 1 straight up, almost the exact inverse. And I think the reason for the stellar against the spread record here is because he's usually catching points. I'm just not ready to lay a number here. I don't think Seattle's good. I think Detroit is absolutely the better football team here. The number scares me a little bit, and the injury list scares me a little bit here. So take the three and a half here. Maybe this game is decided by a field goal. I like to think Detroit can still manage to get the victory here, but crazier things have happened in the NFL. I will note the ref in this game, Clay Martin, the under is 12 and six since last season, averaging 43 points per game. 
I just mentioned this spread or the point total has dropped two and a half points and the Lions offense is not healthy. So maybe we look at an under finally in a Lions game this season. Last game here of week four that we got to break down another gross one, uh, possibly the grossest of the week, although my pick is the Bears and the Giants. This one, the other New York team here, the Jets head to Pittsburgh, Steelers, three-point home favorite over under 41 and a half. And I got to take the Steelers here. This is mostly a gut pick here, but I will not be able to sleep tonight if I take the Jets to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Zach Wilson is returning. This is not a Flacco game. I would feel a lot better about the Jets if Flacco was starting, but I have said it once. I'll say it a million times. Zach Wilson is an absolute dweeb, okay? I, I don't like the guy. Don't like looking at him. Don't like how he talks. Don't think he's good at football. Think he's been incredibly overhyped for accomplishing literally nothing in his career. People want to hype him up because he banged his mom's friend this summer. Is that going to help you against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense there, Zach? I don't fucking think so. Guy's never looked like an NFL quarterback, and I don't think he ever will. Um, Jets are 1-7 straight up in their last eight as an underdog. Um, Mike Tomlin here as a head coach against Robert Sala. Um, Mike Tomlin here, Steelers coming off Thursday night, so it's Mike Tomlin with extra time to prepare. Almost kind of a mini buy. Maybe fix some of those fucking offensive struggles that we've seen. Um, we also have, uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky kind of opening things up a little bit in that Thursday night game against the Browns. Um, we see the Steelers being willing to challenge uh, teams vertically a little bit more in that game. And like I mentioned with our Browns breakdown here, that was a bad matchup for Pittsburgh. Cleveland's bread and butter is running that football with that zone you know, strong run scheme right down your face. Uh, Pittsburgh's got the worst run defense in the league. This Jets team isn't built the same way. Um, I, they're not as much of a ground and pound. They may want to want run the football, and they may have decent success with that. I actually am going to start Brees Hall this week in fantasy because of that reason. Check down volume and running efficiency. I think he can get there. Um, but... Dude, if you're going to tell me that I got to bet on Zach Wilson to win a football game, I just won't fucking do it. So let's see. Let's see if this Steelers team can at least beat the teams they're supposed to beat at this point, because there's not much to get excited about there. They are 0-6 without TJ Watt. That's concerning. But the fact that, the again, the opponent is Zach Wilson, I just got to go with the Steelers here. I won't respect myself if I don't. So those are my picks this week, guys. That's going to do it for me. Um, you know, what do I usually say at these at the end of these episodes? Follow me on Instagram, um, at SGRpod. Twitter has been somewhat active lately. Again, Instagram is really the best place. If there's anyone out there that is, like, listening to these episodes and doesn't have an Instagram I'll try and figure out a way to kind of expand my shit. I do have my hosting page. Haven't been posting much on it so far. Maybe I start putting more content on there. It's sgrpod.podbean.com. So we'll see what I do with this. It's still a work in progress, but a lot of the content these days flowing through the Instagram page. So please uh, follow along there. Um, 
I'm going to shut up now. I'm going to get out of here. I'll let you guys get back to doing what you were doing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. I noticed some new followers on the social media page this weekend. So if there's any new listeners, I do appreciate you. And I will continue to try to get better at this for you. Until next time, guys, I am peace and out of here. Thanks again and ramble on.